Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The year is 20XXX. That's not a year. The year is 20XXX. So it's like a filthy pornography year? The year is pornography and robots are <laughs> fucking your shit up. Yeah. If only there was a tiny boy robot. Just uh. a tiny boy robot in a blue diaper who's ready to rip their fucking guts out a and me- shove it into his own brain. Have you ever pooped in a metal diaper before? It sucks. <laughs> Dr. Light envisioned a warrior who had a conscience and a blue diaper ready to fuck his brothers up against the evil forces of Dr. Wily. Robot brothers suck. Also, what if maybe in like 10 years they're in the future and has like cool metal soundtrack and there's a blonde guy with a sword? Yeah, fine. And maybe a little bit further in the future, he's in 3D and the controls are awful, but he, but people like it for some reason. People love it for some reason. I had to do all this extra research because I fucking had somebody be like, oh, I love the 3D Mega Man games. How does that even happen? Because you have a same reason why we like all the shitty 3D games, because it was a brand new, We're doing Mega Man. We're doing Mega Man. Uh, <laughs> charge up your Mega Busters. I am your brawling bruiser, Jake Young. And I'm your metallic wizard, Holden McNeely. Man. The ones and twos and rush coils is super producer Travis. How you doing? Hello, Travis. Morning star. <laughs> and this music is good. It's the extended cut, so if you don't like it, fuck it. This, <laughs> this is the episode. Thirty minutes of this. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm I'm really happy we're, we're getting to this game. I feel like we're nailing all of the you know mainstays, especially on the N- Nintendo end with uh, of course uh, Castlevania and Metroid. You can hear those episodes that we did in the past so i'm glad we're finally getting to mega man because it, it absolutely deserves its own special lovely delicious episode now uh the thing about mega man that is kind of the 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 core I, I say tension in the franchise is the fact that it is a beloved franchise people fucking love mega man yeah he's in merchandising he's in cartoons he is like an essential part of video game iconography marvel versus capcom uh fighting games marvel versus capcom infinite marvel versus capcom three, three. ultimates two <laughs> uh <laughs> But the fact is, is that it's been a while since, like, they've really shown the character a lot of love because individually, each Mega Man game doesn't actually sell that well. Yeah. The highest performing Mega Man game, like the number, think of, like, all the Mega Man games you've ever played. Uh, Mega Man 2 is the best seller 
at one point like one five million copies. That is the best selling Mega Man game. And for the Nintendo era, that was fucking phenomenal because it was like an $80, you know, physical cartridge. That is mm. a huge uh, and we'll talk about it. A very small team making these huge, uh, like expensive cartridges. But there's been 134 Mega Man related titles. That's crazy. I didn't even know that number. Fighting Jake. games, RPGs, Woo! that weird soccer game from Super Nintendo that I keep seeing. <laughs> So individually, each individual Mega Man game doesn't sell as much, and Capcom will rather make another Street Fighter or another Resident Evil or another Monster Hunter. Holy shit, Monster Hunter is a fucking money factory. Yeah, dude. So the one million people that at its height like loves Mega Man fucking is intensely about Mega Man, but there's only a million of them. Right. And I mean, and, and to be fair too, Mega Man 2 is considered one of the greatest video games of all time by uh, many different uh, people. Um, it's definitely been up there in the high echelon. I mean, and there's other great Mega Man titles in the franchise. It really kept coming back uh, in my in my gaming world. I remember we were like way into X and we'll <laughs> get to Mega Man X. Wait, Mega Man X was, uh, we were like super, we were into like 100%. I think my buddy Keith was actually trying to speed run it at one point. Like we like loved that game and that was sort of of like even at that time when Mega Man X came out I was like wait we're still really playing Mega Man and that was like not even that long after you know um, no, um, initial uh, initial Mega Man releases um, Mega Man the franchise 2017 is going to mark the 30th year since Mega Man was first introduced my god that's insane that's right because it was created by Capcom for the NES in 1987 also known as Rockman now this is the weird thing to me okay I love it when this stuff happens Rockman though it was it was named after Rockman um, because they were going to have a sister character named Roll, and it was going to be she's, oh, Roll she's, is there. Roll right? has always been there. So it's rock and roll, the music genre. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with stone as an element, or the fact that its gameplay mechanic was based on rock paper scissors, which did have a slight influence. But um, I don't think it was actually named Rockman after the rock paper scissors thing. No, nope. by, by, by that I mean, of course, Mega Man. The way it's played, you can choose any boss you want to uh, their uh, level to start with. Um, there's kind of preferred orders, but you can really kind of go your own way with that. And every boss's weapon, you receive it at the end of beating the boss. And that weapon will be the Achilles heel to a different boss in your boss list. So um, that, in other words, is the rock, paper, scissor thing. Like rock beats paper, paper. You say that, but then you end up with rock. Like, what the hell am I talking about? Like you, you say it like it makes sense. But then a lot of times in these games, it's like, well, of course, Pharaoh beats Skull. And yeah, yeah. Snake beats Gemini. Well, they also got... I I have all the bosses listed and we I will name all of them very soon but yes I mean they also got really weird with the bosses after the even in the first one you had guts man like just use the basic elements of the earth you don't where's guts man coming from you've got like he's strong yeah yeah you need biggest, guts you gotta be but muscle man would have made more sense they're strong man I bet that's one of those things that in an interview we didn't find it's like oh well the Nintendo memory subsystem B on the X27 chip could only support a four letter name for that character yeah yeah. So Mega Man was a revolutionary game and it led to a series of revolutionary games. And I think one of the most important things is uh, when you have to like really get your mind to a 1987 mindset that Capcom was an arcade cre- arcade game creator. And usually, you know, you you make the arcade games, uh, then you just send it out to shitty little yeah. uh, program houses to make like the Atari version and the Commodore ST version and the. 
uh, IBM, the, the you know, it's- all ports of games you would go into an mm. arcade and play. And Mega Man, I believe, was the first game made specifically for a console. Is that correct, Jake? It was Capcom's first attempt. Capcom's rather not uh, first at, first go at making a game specifically for home users of the Famicom. And another cool thing about this development, because I feel like we have reoccurring themes when we get to these properties that are really inspired and, as you put it, revolutionary, um, and these different uh, stuff uh, that we talk, these different subjects we talk about. And in this situation, Capcom was doing something a little different. They were putting little teams together to work on projects um, that were sort of maybe a little different or against the grain, and um, it was kind of an experiment they were doing and I think that that's why like they caught fire with Mega Man because it was just this small little team working together on something that they were actually passionate about and especially so this happens in Mega Man 2 because they had to like literally beat down the door of the president and say hey I, we really think we can make a really good sequel to this game even though it's sold for shit and uh, they were allowed to do it on their own time um, but let's back it up for a second and just talk about the key players shall we Jake? Okay. Directed by Akira Kitamura and the lead pro programmer was Nobuyuki Matsushima. Now, the interesting thing about Nobuyuki was um, he, he his code apparently was like air fucking tight, airtight code. Um, and and mainly this was because, or at least um, now we both pulled from a very similar interview, and we should probably talk about this. Oh, interview. it's amazing because yeah. uh, when you think the the guy who uh, is associated with Mega Man the most is a uh, Keiji Inafune. Uh, also, in the again, because we've gone over this before, in old Nintendo games, you couldn't put your actual name yeah. in the credits. So he was enough king. Uh, <laughs> he did a lot of the art design. Uh, he would like kind of create official uh, designs of the robot masters. He would do a lot of Mega Man artwork. Yeah. And he helped design uh, villains and stuff. Um, Initially worked uh, on his first project was Street Fighter. Yeah. Original Street Fighter, um, which but, was very uh, soon after he was working on Mega Man. But uh, Kitamura is uh, kind of an under unknown hero of the Mega Man franchise because he was involved in Mega Man 1 and 2 as the planner, ki- as close to like director, producer as you could in that era of Japanese game development. And in this interview, which uh, you can find on shmupulations.com slash Mega Man... <laughs> Shmupulations. It's a normal word for normal people. Shmupulations. Yeah, absolutely. I love shmupulations. Hey there, Every morning when hey I wake there, up. Hey there, fellow non-nerds. If there's nothing I love more, it's the noise, the completely <laughs> adequate and non, non-exceptional word, <laughs> shmupulation. On a daily basis, you can hear me saying, hey, honey, where's my phone? I have to take a shit and I want to read some shmupulations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kitamura, uh, you know, talks about in this interview all these insane little choices that the team made by collaborating together and then integrating with each other including uh the code uh what's the what's the programmer's name nobuyuki uh matsushima he was uh what i was saying before to circle back around to it he was a programmer for mostly industrial manufacturing companies so the reason why his code was so airtight was because like the coding he was doing before was like keeping people from dying was literally (laughs) like like to like if he fucked up his code like death would be on his hands you know so like his code for Mega Man was like super super airtight not to say it doesn't have its glitches it has plenty of speed run glitches in it but um, Akira blames those on himself actually any of those bugs that you might find but uh, apparently Nobuyuki's code was was airtight but slow and so they had to work around around cross checks he didn't want any failures or glitches he wanted to avoid glitches so like when you think of that Mega Man like slow down and jank that happens that's because the system is cross checking its own like resources to double confirm that you've been hit 
but that shaped the design because yes. unlike uh, previous Nintendo games that were kind of like shoot 'em ups, shmups, shmups, uh, shmupulations, shmupulations. <laughs> Uh, That's Armagustulations, Travis. <laughs> and a shmupulations to you all. That's the... I will hold you to... You have to make that your... <laughs> I wish we had a voting system of some kind. I do not approve of that catchphrase. too perfect in it. Like a... Yeah, it's... Yeah. I feel like a more open dialogue would have been nice. <laughs> I just... I think that we need to steal some more from last podcast. Uh, MO. So I will say it is shmuplations. Shmuplations. Oh, that's even worse. Shmuplations, everybody. Shmuplations is... So on brand for our, our Do it, Is this me we're doing an episode on shmuplations? <laughs> so the large, uh, so the slow, so the slow running code plus their dedication to make like attractive larger sprites than what the NES was uh, usually doing resulted in a style of gameplay that meant that really only one or two bad guys, one, two or three bad guys could be on screen at once. And you would kind of just go from encounter to encounter rather than just constant waves of bad guys. Yes. And the way that they designed it was incredible. Like this is this blew my mind. Uh, Kitamura points out that this and when I'm gonna uh, when I say this, like all of you who played Mega Man's are gonna Mega Man's Jesus are gonna like go like oh fuck I never realized that uh, in Mega Man there's a pattern where usually there'll be like two or three of the same kind of villain and yeah. it'll, the first one and the second one will be incredibly tough either their positioning will be like coming in at an angle that's hard to hit or their elevation like means you have to do a difficult jump to hit them. Yeah. And then there will always be kind of a final bad guy in the wave that is way easier than the rest of them. And this was to engineer the fact that like you felt that you were getting better at the game as you kept progressing through the levels. So even though you were frustrated, you would end on like a nice chaser and you wouldn't stop playing. Yes, he said he created some rules for himself about enemy placement and design. Number one, single weak little enemies would appear in waves of three or four individuals. And to the extent possible, uh, he says, uh, it is from his perspective, I'd avoid mixing up multiple enemies. Number two, they would all use the same attacks. Number three, I would use differences in terrain and enemy placement to adjust the difficulty of a given section. Number four, the difficulty of each enemy in the wave would gradually rise, but the last enemy to appear would be easier. The first enemy, you might have just have to jump and shoot the next one you have to actually dodge his bullets and it's a little more difficult then for the final enemy of the wave it would be easier you can just stand there and shoot him head on all the enemy waves in Mega Man follow the basic pattern actually in the first Mega Man I applied this midway through development which makes a lot of sense but for Mega Man 2 I did it the entire game and now this was all based on him seeing other games and trying to understand difficulty in gaming and what would make people want to replay a game over and over and over again. Because, of course, back in the NES days, difficulty was hugely important. I mean, it still is today, but it was hugely important to make your games difficult because you didn't, your, the games were a lot shorter. Right. Uh, and so in order to kind of allow people to have more replayability with them, they had to create... They had to make them incredibly, incredibly difficult. That's why you have your pitfalls and your fucking battle toads and like ghosts all that and shit. goblins, ghosts and, go or the, ghouls yeah, and goblins. Ghouls I and forget, goblins. I forget which ones for Nintendo, but uh, but here is the thing though: they didn't want to focus on like just creating a wall. They wanted to create a experience that you wanted to play over and over again. And uh, another amazing uh, reveal in this interview is that he based he wanted to create a game that could be cleared through in an hour. Yes, and he did this by tracking Mega Man's walking speed in re in like within the game yes. and, and individually drawing out the levels so that a player that like had learned the patterns could like take a half hour to walk through the first Robot Master stages, yes. and then the last half hour was Doctor Wily. Yep, which is 
the uh, the Wily stages is another huge part of the Mega Man series. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, the idea that you've beaten the game, and then there's so much, so much more, and it creates just this tension. Yeah, because you thought you like you already kind of uh, not to use guys. Not to, you blew your wad. You blew your, like, I did you it. shot a hard, thick, juicy load all over your Nintendo. You emotionally blasted ropes <laughs> and all this, but then there's still another, like, half of the game and you're already, and you're just on the edge of your seat the entire time because yep. you just don't know how much further it's going to get. And just fully, just uh, with a full half hard because yeah. of you've already ejaculated. Um, <laughs> this and, is going very differently from the Sailor Moon episode, but uh, it's weird how having two having two you guys women didn't in talk the about room shooting ropes. On the Sailor Moon <laughs> Oddly Actually, enough, yeah. when the when Surprise. the when the gender ratios are adjusted, it just just welcome to Jizz Talk with Holden All and right, Jake. Everybody, now it's the show you've been waiting for. Jizz Talk with Holden and Jake, the Bone Lord, uh, Young. Woo! So how, seriously though, how many leaders do you think KG and Afune can just blast? I had like eight. Mega Man Master Blaster lengths. I like to ch- I like to do the charge shot. You know when you got a nut in your when it comes when it comes to volume, he's a Mega Man for sure. Yeah, yeah, or you squeeze the balls really hard and it charges your. We fucking- have so many nice listeners, and I apologize. <laughs> But we got to earn that explicit tag on iTunes. Oh, my God. Of course. People, oh, it's juicy. They love that explicit tag. <laughs> Makes it so fun. Anywho, um, uh, we were talking about what? The the wonderful melting pot that was the initial Mega Man team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were talking about, well, I mean, let's just talk about some more development on the first Mega Man. Uh, uh, where they, I love the different names they got, they went to before they went to Rockman. Mm-hmm. And then what eventually happens, the original names they were using were Mighty Kid, Knuckle Kid, Rainbow Battle Kid. I think mm-hmm. that's because he changed colors, you know, when you got a different weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went with Rockman as the reference to rock and roll. But then uh, Capcom Consumer Products Division President Joe Marici said, that's a shit name. <laughs> he literally said the title was horrible. So he had it changed to Mega Man. I just love some guy named fucking Joe in some, sh- you know, shmarmy, shmupulations mm-hmm. office. It's just like, fuck it. Call him Mega Man. He had a big cigar in his mouth. I wonder if that's the same guy that also hated the cover art, so we like told his friend he had six hours. Yes. Bad box art Mega Man is so amazing, and the fact that we have to specify which one is also crazy. It's scary that we came this close to uh, Marichi Man as opposed to Mega Man. (laughs) (laughs) Travis, pull up bad box, pull up Mega Man 1. U.S. cover art, maybe, and just yeah, yeah, and and I'll, well, and and when you get there, tell us what you see. Well, I'll uh, just describe what how it went down. The um, the the I guess the game just sold just well enough for them to go. You know what? We need an American release, and and it was like so rushed and ridiculous that they had someone whip up cover art. Um, in like literally six hours, it was the president of Capcom USA. Now God, describe what you, describe what time. you see. This is a. Um, <laughs> This is a guy in like '80s spandex, <laughs> wearing a like a, a helmet. Because Here's the thing: from the waist down, spandex, but like the flowiest, puffiest sleeves. <laughs> oh, you know what? He looks, he looks like he's on a Nickelodeon game show. <laughs> yes, he's definitely or like American Gladiators. He looks or, sixty. He does look not like a boy. <laughs> he has an actual gun in his hand. He's in an old painting of like Tehran or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are those palm trees? I do, I think maybe like I guess that was in like Woodman's. I don't Volt even. Man, I th- no not Vol- uh, Elec Man. I think had 
something? Okay. He, he no longer has a blaster arm. He has a Glock in his hand. <laughs> in my memory, it was like a zap rifle. gun, but looking at it now, it is a fucking like he, cult it's, it's semi-automatic Mega Man is service now, pistol. Mega Man is now Dirty Harry. <laughs> I got to see a man about a, about a robot master. So I didn't even know about this, but it's- And the head fin is completely off-center. Yes. So, so weird off. and bad. Like, how would this game ever sell with that box art? I mean, because I really would go to Blockbuster and pick a game up specifically based on what the box art looked like, and this is like a, a negative sales. I would have like told them to give me money for looking at that box art. Uh, and what's great is I didn't even know that uh, this, uh, but uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken has a secret character called Bad Box Art Mega Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As, and he's like hilariously terrible, and it's yeah. so funny. And I never knew that, and I was like got a really big kick out of it. But Mega Man has like a history of terrible box art. Yeah. Even Mega Man 2 was a disaster with the box art. They had a veteran game cover illustrator. Yeah, there he is. Bad box art Mega Man with his big stupid gun. Yeah, look at him. He's just a big fat idiot. It's so funny, I man. encourage everyone to look up this <laughs> image. Of him bounding into he's got action. A, he's got a swaying gut and yeah. a huge gun. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and and for Mega Man Two, they had uh, uh, Mark Erickson who did a lot of uh, game covers. Do the Mega Man Two cover? Is he, Mega Man Two the one where he's shooting Sparkman right in the dick? And he, again, he has a gun. Oh uh, no, that, okay, that's the arm. that's the one with the the he's like still a seventy year old man for no reason. He said, "I didn't know anything about Mega Man, and after looking at the character in action, I said to the art director, what is he shooting with?' He said, "Well, he must have a pistol because I don't see a rifle.'" I said, "So a pistol? Do you want me to do a pistol?" And he said, "Yeah." Let's put a pistol in there. Oh, the so I did, I no, did no, no. what I was told. The dumbest, put thing, a pistol the in there. dumbest thing about the American Mega Man 2 box art is if you look over his shoulder, uh, that's Dr. Light commanding uh, Crash Man. Oh, <laughs> look at hilarious. the fucking Santa beard. Yeah. Like, Kill yes. him. Kill my son. I'm glad you brought it up, too. Dr. Light and Dr. Wily, classic um, characters in the Mega Man franchise. What if Santa fought Einstein? It's yeah. such a weird... I, I love it. I was going to make the joke, like, like yes, of course, based on the two classic scientists in our history, <laughs> Albert Einstein and Santa Claus. <laughs> but that is what they were based on, those two characters. Um, I mean, uh, the the a lot of... Uh, actually, I, I wanted to talk about this. There's this amazing disconnect throughout the Mega Man... Uh, up until X, where the Mega Man game... Well, like, now, now I'm saying out loud. Basically, the Mega Man games are run and gun and platform. Yeah. Mega Man has this doofy little sprite. Yeah. The robot masters and like all the bad guys have these googly eyes. But then when you read like the instruction pamphlets and when you look at the plot of it, it's like, what is it to be human? Can the creation rebel against the creator? Wily and Dr. Light had um, came to blows over what to be done with the machine race. And, like, it's so weird when you... Because, again, it's like there's robot penguins shooting missiles at you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, like, weirdly serious and well especially in Mega Man Legends it's like really fucked up the some oh. of the basic oh. <laughs> plot elements are like like really we'll, disturbing we'll, we'll get we'll get to legends we'll get to it so they make Mega Man it sells okay not great but okay and I guess that they just felt they needed to sort of within Japan it kind of had a Dark Souls like um, uh, fandom where like the people that did play it 
like deeply loved its difficulty curve and like shared secrets with each other. And it's kind of like this touchstone of like if you grew up in Japan in the 80s, like remembering each little dumb frustration in those early Mega Man mm-hmm, games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was such a small team that worked on it. And that's the thing that's important about especially the first couple of Mega Man games with uh, we have uh, KG and Afune, which uh, we're going to keep bringing up that name. Mm. He at one point said, we didn't have a lot of people. So after drawing character designs, I was actually doing the dotting or pixelization for uh, Nintendo. Back then, people weren't specialized and we had to do a lot of different things because there were so few people. So I really ended up doing all the characters. Um, and his first design was for a man. He actually took... Um, uh, Akira Kitamura's design of Mega Man and just like adjusted so he he said I'm often called the father of Mega Man but actually his design was already created when I joined Capcom um, so they had a really close working relationship and going into I, Mega Man yeah. 2 uh, another thing you have to realize is uh, Mega Man did all this amazing stuff for sprite work on the NES in yeah. that era but uh it wasn't like Photoshop. You couldn't just like draw or scan or do anything. You had to hand code like the character like dimensions and like get it in dot by dot mathematically. Oh, and the- then compile it and hope to God you had something like visual. So and anytime- the and the music. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so Manami Matsume did the music sound effects and programming. In three months. <laughs> and the notes were translated one by one into the computer language, and only three notes were available at any one time. Uh, That's fucking banana. Like, so this person. Think about that. Wrote all, the music. And- all of that, all that energy just to steal that tune from Journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, look up a Lechman versus Journey. It's fucking blatant. <laughs> um, so, going into Mega Man 2, it's released in Japan in 1988. So, what happened was. Uh, the team was allowed to make a sequel to be worked on in their free time while they're working on other projects. So they're working on all these ports and stuff, and uh, they essentially worked nonstop around the clock in order to get this game done. So it really was a true work of passion, which is always something I love to hear when we do these kinds of, uh, when we do these episodes, because it generally tends to go like this. One group of people is working at a company. That's how they all met up, right? This reminds me a lot of like Cartoon Network and and, uh, our discussions with that, with all these like small teams working on something really special that they really care about on uh, extra hours. Um, Inafune said, uh, so we of our own accord got together and spent our own time uh, we worked really, really hard, you know, just 20 hour days to complete this because we were making something we wanted to make. Probably in all my years of actually being in a video game company, that was the best time of my working at Capcom because we were actually working really showed in the game. Uh, oh, actually working toward a goal. We were laying it all on the line. We were doing what we wanted to do and it really showed in the game because it's a game, once again, that we put all our time and effort and love, so to speak, into it, designing it. It was done in a three to four uh, month de- uh, dev period um can i tell the uh, anecdote for about uh the music in mega man 2 this actually is- no i prefer you not okay well <laughs> that's fine smuplations uh smuplations <laughs> shooting ropes mispronouncing websites w- w- wizard and the bruiser bar 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 bruiser goggle it <laughs> goggle it i use goggle now when that's I- a f- fucking catchphrase <laughs> goggle it goggle it just goggle it look on wikipedia <laughs> Um, so Kitamura uh, talks about how uh, Mega Man 2 had a new composer uh, named Takeshi Taishi, butchered that, and uh, he was dissatisfied with the music he was being given because uh, Takeshi did not <laughs> bill. 
<laughs> Bill. We'll just call him. Bill. We'll call him Bill. Uh, worked on, uh, didn't work on the first game, so he just saw the kind of colorful graphics and kept giving Mega Man uh, all the stages like bubbly, bright, bouncy tracks that yes. did not kind of can, uh, fit with the. Uh, with the with the attitude and with the theme they were going for, so Kitamura gave him uh, new directives, prompts that kind of uh, completely turned around the soundtrack. Stuff like "You're floating in water, everything is sparkling, but there's danger," <laughs> or uh, "Concentrate, take your time, figure it out. There's disappearing blocks." <laughs> um, or uh, I mean, you can actually like kind of if you if you're a big enough Mega Man fan, you can like know which stages he's referring right. to. Slipping and sliding through an underground maze, this way, that way, this way, that way. Which uh, you know, that's the Flashman stage, uh-huh. and so that prompt led to the uh, Flashman music in Mega Man Two, which the, all of the music in, in Mega Man Two just like has this driving like. Yes. In- <laughs> This is one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to like wait till it gets to the bridge. I'm sorry. Yeah, it keeps going. That's fine. We can do this all day, buddy. And like this, like Mega Man music is some of the best chip tune music ever. Absolutely. Uh, Some songs like are more grandiose. Basically, any video game cover band or remix artist has done at least seven different Mega Man tributes. Totally. This just sounds like a very difficult level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing, though. That's amazing. That's, you know, uh, Top Man and Mega Man 3, I've been told, has, like, a really amazing uh, balance, like, fit with its, like, themes of the stage. And, yeah, they're working with a severely underpowered, like, sound. Yeah, zone. like, barely anything. Yeah. Um... So it's all these like unique little choices and collaborations that made the Mega Man we know and love. Uh, totally. Mega Man Three, things got a little, things got a little crazy. Uh, yeah. So uh, the reins are fully passed on to Inafune at that point. Uh, technically, there was like another guy. Um, what's his name? Masahiko Kurokawa, who uh, was technically the director of that game, but he just completely, like, he kept butting heads with the rest of the staff, and he left halfway through, leaving Inafune in charge. Ah. Um, uh, Kitamura ended up uh, bailing on Capcom uh, to help form the uh, dev studio uh, Takeru, Mm. which uh, I only mention because they're the dev team that made Little Samson. Wow. Which is a famously uh, really enjoyable and now extremely rare and like expensive to actually buy a copy of uh, NES game that plays a lot like Mega Man. Hmm. So uh, if you've ever wondered why like Little Samson feels a lot like Mega Man, it's because one of the original guys who made Mega Man Two was the was helped make it. Gotcha. Very um, cool. But that had like a year long delay, and uh, you know because it like kept changing hands and it like. It, you know, there was all those shakeups, but uh, it was a hit. People loved it. And that from that point onward, uh, KG Inafune was the Mega Man guy. Mega Man 1 through 8 released from the years 1987 to 1996. Uh, Mega Man 9 later got released in 2008 and uh, 2010. Now, one of my favorite parts about the Mega Man series is how weird the boss names get. And so I did list all of them well, out. Well, y- you know why they're so kind of disparate and random. Why? Because uh, Japan. Japan. No, they were, uh, yes, but uh, like after, I think after Mega Man 2, it was an open call contest 
Yes, they had uh, bot. I didn't know they did that every year. Uh, yeah, they from had people send in names the first, and designs. Uh, according to the MegamanWikia.com article, um, <laughs> goggle it, goggle it. The uh, first boss character contest had uh, eighty three hundred seventy entries. And uh, eight robot masters appeared. So Metal Man, Air Man, Bubble Man, Quick Man, Crash Man, Flash Man, uh, Heat Man, Wood Man. Yeah. All were submitted by like basically Japanese children. Gotcha. And then Inafune refined their designs. So yeah, in the first game, it's Cut Man, Guts Man, Ice Man, Bomb Man, Fire Man, Elect Man. You named all the ones for two. music. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Magnet Man, and this is three. Magnet Man, Hard Man, which is, oh my God, don't even get me started. They might be giant song I've ever heard. Top Man, Shadow Man, Spark Man, Snake Man, Gemini Man, which is like, what? Needle Man. Then we got Toad Man, Bright Man, Pharaoh Man, Ring Man. Where are the women in this? Uh, they got Splash Woman towards the end. Ring Man, Dust Man, Skull Man, which is fucking rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Dive Man and Drill Man. And then at number five, we've got Star Man, Gravity Man, Gyro Man, which I love his cart. Mm-hmm. And I love to get the lamb platter. Stone Man. Oh my God. Chris, please, come, Jake, what, come on. It's pronounced Gyro. Google it. We're riffing. Goggle it. Stone Man, Crystal Man, Charge Man, Napalm, Napalm Man. Napalm Man actually got Mega Man 5 banned in a lot of countries. Really? Because it's fucking Napalm. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Wave Man. They might as well have been like, it's War Crimes Man. Yep. And then six, it gets really dirty. Hairy Man, Breast Man. <laughs> Balls man. Blasting ropes man. Who, ropes who could man. forget Rocket Man? <laughs> Rocket Man. <laughs> and Day Man and, and Night Man. And Day Man and Night Man and the boys hole. You have to pay the <laughs> troll toll. But uh Plant Man, Tomahawk Man. There is a Night Man, by the way. Oh. Yes, uh, yes. Night like K and I G H T, but literally on the game I was reading bosses. There ooh. is ni- a Night Man. That is amazing. Wind man and if you bring y- up Yamato Man. Yeah, Yamato Man's weird. Uh <laughs> Mega Man 6 was the only entry that actually had a uh, non-Japanese person get their uh, uh, get their submissions in the game. Oh, wow. And it was also a big deal because uh, in the credits of each game, yeah. Yeah, Tomahawk Man. Yeah, that's cool. This reminded me of the Gundam episode with the crazy, like, would Gundams you believe, of the world. Would you believe that Japanese developers in the early 90s were not as culturally attuned as us <laughs> woke super beings of the year 2017? <laughs> um, but uh, let's see, who was it? I oh, love Clown Nightman. Man. Nightman uh, in Mega Man 6 was by Danielle Vale. Nice. Uh, so good for him. Fun facts with Jake. I, I just remember as a kid seeing the contest uh, form in Nintendo Power and like just just like getting obsessed and like sharing ideas for new robot masters with my friends because it's such an easy formula and the art style is really uh, replicable for a young kid. So you'd be like, "This is my new kid. This is my new character. He's super original. I call him Sword Sword Man. He's, yeah, he's bro. He's got sword." <laughs> This is mine. It's got it's a hammer, and it's, it's his a- name's Scissorman. <laughs> Nightman looks like Shovel Knight, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's we'll get to well, that. Well, shit, Shovel Knight. Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk. If you know, that's probably the game to play if you want some more. Yeah, yeah. Like Mega Man in your life. Um. So, anyways, uh, you know, we I, I think we're gonna uh, move forward to the Mega Man X years from here. Yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I hate. We hate to gloss over because a lot of people love Mega Man Four, Five, Six. Six actually is apparently like a hidden gem hmm. and uh nine and ten that came out like on the uh xbox we 
Are those good? Uh, nine was great. I loved nine. I'd never touched it. And also, if you want to enjoy all of these games again, the it's the Legacy Collection There's a came million out last of them that came, came out, out last year though, right? The Legacy Collection you can get on Steam and on any I think console, and that has like Mega Man one through eight, I think, or like one through six. The, and then there's the Legacy Collection two that has like uh, just more don't play the that. phone ports. They are trash. Yeah, I heard they're awful. I, so I'm so yeah, but but that Legacy Collection is like very cheap and a great way to just like get back on these games and explore. They're yeah. they're really wonderful stuff, especially too. It's such an incredible game. Like it still is great. We didn't even talk about our personal experiences with right. these games when we first discovered them. They're good. They came out once a year. Well, we no, I them. just I have a fun little story. Oh. It's story time. Before we get into Mega Man X, back when I was a wee one, mm-hmm. um, pre-boner years, <laughs> I, uh, I, my mom had a friend who lived on a farm, and I was always like, I don't want to go, there's nothing to do, you know, but I, I was like, fine, I'll go, but I get to take my Sega Genesis, so I took my Sega Genesis and all my games, and the lady who we would visit had a son, and that son had a Nintendo, and like, all the games so he was down the hall with my sega genesis and i was in his room with with the nintendo and that's when i first played Mega Man 2 and i remember it being and what was so much fun about that day was like he was playing like games on my sega and he would run in and be like how do i beat stage you know three four and sonic and i'd be like uh uh you gotta jump over the thing and then i would run into his room be like okay what's the next boss i just beat you know cut man or what you know what i'm saying like and it was so fucking cool. And anyways, I had this wonderful experience with that game. I believe I beat it while I was there. Um, and uh, yeah, I was definitely a Mega Man fan ever since. That's and- amazing because you solved the very 90s problem of going to a friend's house who had all the games he wanted on the system you didn't have. Yeah. And like, even though they were your good friends or even, you know, even a classmate or just someone that you were supposed to like have open play and social like uh, bonding with. Their fucking games were right there. Yes, and you, you couldn't s- ignore them. All you wanted to do was play the game. I made many. And you would like try, try and like try and somehow get get over. Like, yeah, like hey, this is fun. I'll be like, hey, ever wondered what Chameleon Kid would be like if a different person was playing it? Dude, I remember being in a friend's house, and he all he wanted to do was play basketball with me, and I was like, <laughs> but you have Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> you have Donkey Kong Country, and we're about to beat it. He's like, I just want to play basketball. <laughs> I'm like, but I have to beat this game. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's the last time I went to his place. Uh, so Mega Man <laughs> X, uh, the first game released for the 16-bit SNES, released in 1993, which is surprising to me. That's uh, earlier than I thought. Mega Man X set in a futuristic world populated by both humans and reploids. Reploids. Robots capable of thinking, feeling, growing like their human creators. Because of these complex attributes, many reploids are prone to destruction criminal activity and are therefore go maverick so funny so um this game rules dr light is dead (laughs) roll is fucking dead (laughs) your ex kg and afune wanted to reinvent Mega Man with a more mature storyline and uh there were mechanics all things that wanted to be more mature in the 90s 90s. it was just fucking extreme angry well i love that it's x right like x games and everything like it was everything had to be x generation x x games extreme sports fuck dumb old Mega Man with his blank expression now Mega Man slightly scowling and wall scales yeah that was pretty cool that was pretty awesome the wall 
like all of the mechanics, the movement in those games was amazing. Like I just love the and the look. I mean, they uh, the, a, a main a big thing with with Mega Man in general uh, is that it's always like trying to go more and more into an anime direction. Um, well, that's in, that's what I feel like Inafune's big deal was. Yeah, he just wanted to make anime, and he just used the Mega Man franchise up until like the modern day. He just kept trying to get Mega Man to be an anime. Exactly, and I mean there were animes and there were mangas that came out because of this franchise for oh, sure. Yeah. Tons. The uh, Mega Man uh, mangas are actually amazing. Are we gonna talk about the Ruby Spears cartoon? The Ru- I mean, we you can tell me about the Ruby Spears. It was cartoon. bad. It was yeah, bad, it was but terrible. it had a fucking rockin' theme song. It was terrible. Yeah. Just uh, uh, Travis, if you can look up Mega Man Ruby Spears theme song, that's when did this come out? Do you know when it like around? Was it a nineties? It thing? came out like a little bit too like okay. Like by the time the cartoon started airing, people gave a shit about Mega Man X more. Yeah. And then in the second season, they just kept being like, "We should." Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, it's legendarily bad. The animation style is super janky. The character designs are off. The intro is fucking cool. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that level of Ninja Turtles. I mean, yes, they Chuck Lorre should be suing. Uh, the little girl from Inspector Gadget is in this show. That's Roll. That's their version <laughs> okay. of Roll. Um, it was bad. I just <laughs> we needed to acknowledge it. So going back to Mega Man X, uh, KG originally wanted Zero to be the protagonist. Um, he wanted a totally different Mega Man, but he couldn't couldn't get that to happen. Um, he uh, uh, also, uh, if you notice, we get new boss names instead of like Centaur Man or Cloud Man. We've got names like Storm Eagle, Chill Penguin, <laughs> Spark Mandrel, oh, Launch I'm- Octopus, Sting Chameleon, Flame Mammoth, Armored Armadillo, and Boomer Kuanger. Yeah, Boomer Kuanger is kind of the odd one out of that bunch, don't you think so? <laughs> yeah, I would say. To uh, this day, I've never seen a Kuanger in the, in the wild. Um, so yeah, I, I, shit, I don't know quite what else to say about this game. I don't really have any more fun facts. I just have to say it rules and you should totally play it because it's really good. It gets really hard after you beat the main bosses. Well, you gotta get, you gotta start it. Well, it encouraged a kind of Metroid-like exploration to get the upgrades. There were a lot of secret, in this game, there were way more secret upgrades that you could find. And it really definitely promoted the replaying of levels Mm -hmm. um, and and discovering all of that stuff was super fun. Because there was also like, what was it like? There's like a sword or something awesome you could get. You, there was like some bananas upgrade you could you find. You can, I mean, you get you to like, like collect that, pieces for you it. You get or the something. pieces for the white armor that's like on the cover, and that's yeah. like I love that design. Yeah. Um. The I think in the first Mega Man X is where you get the Hadouken if you like yeah. really go looking for it. Yeah. That's this. That's what it was. Oh my god, it was so cool to get that. And I think you would have to do the uh like quarter circle forward. Yeah. A punch to 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 put it to make it happen. Uh, the introduction of Zero and like I think that kind of fulfilled the promise of Proto Man did in the early NES games. He created an actual like uh, attitude sidekick. But Zero's design is so dumb with like the giant manga ponytail. Yeah, and those. Fu- All right, I'm just I'm just gonna say right now. Why does Zero have two? Green crystal boobs. I love it. It is the dumbest looking thing in the world. 
It is so dumb. It's Actually, such I don't a even weird... remember what you're talking about. Look at look at he's got two foot crystal globe boobs just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, that's weird. It's super that's, weird. It's like the George Clooney nipples on the Batman. <laughs> yeah, <show. it's> absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, and like and again, this is like the most Inafune thing is that he wanted that to be the protagonist. Like just yeah. this this angry, cool manga anime dude. Right. Was like the real Mega Man in his heart. And the more and uh the X Games, uh, not the X Games. <laughs> there was no street luge in these in these titles. Uh, kept pushing the SNES's uh, graphics forward. They would use uh, extra chips, uh, kind of like the Super FX chip, to enhance the graphics. And they kept building up lore. Like they would kill Zero and then bring him back, and they would like upgrade X and bring him back and introduce new characters like Axel and all this stuff. And like. The Maverick Wars became the Reploid Wars, became the Elf War, like the the in, the entire X, Elf Wars. The Elf Wars was like something from the uh, Nintendo Advance, the Game Boy Advance years. <laughs> I was about to say too, by the way, we're kind of we're totally glossing over this, but there are also a ton of Game Boy uh, uh, Mega Man games. I remember I had a few of those. They were all pretty okay. Um, just so many, just so many Mega Man I, games. Yeah, uh, like over a hundred. It's it's it gets a little bonkers, uh, but again, uh, I think this happens a lot with like Nintendo games, where uh, in the pre-Toonami era, it was the only source for these kind of storytelling uh, tactics and yeah, and melodrama. Uh, Travis just pulled up a pixely screenshot of Mega Man uh, screaming at Dead Zero. Zero, zero, no, don't die, no. <laughs> And uh, that level of like action kind of shown in anime tropes you had no exposure to. So I think it left a really big impression. And even then they amped up like the, am I alive? Can I truly be human? I think it's like part of the official uh, Mega Mega Man X like lore that what made Mega Man X special is that he had the ability to choose to kill himself if he wanted to, ah. which no other robot had, which is why he was the only one who had true freedom. <laughs> like it's fucking, it gets like very fucking anime. Um, so... Moving along, though, how, well, well, how many Mega Man X games before we move on to Legends? Uh, uh, they got up to like five or six. I think they got up to maybe even eight in the PS2 era. Oh, my they God. And then there's like RPG tie-ins. And yes. And then portable tie like the Mega Man Zero series that then leads to the Mega Man ZX series. Uh, you know, they, these titles were cheap to produce and had, uh, I'm trying to think of a similar kind of deal. Where like it's like it's like the Saw franchise or something like well, as long as you don't spend it, enough as long as you spend this amount of money there will always be X amount of people that'll just get get whatever. Well, it was heavily uh, 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 Akira um, Kitamura said at one point you know that it was heavily inspired by uh, Tokusatsu um, style shows like Ninja Captor or like Power Rangers essentially. Yeah. And even with Power Rangers, we had the same like lists mm -hmm. of series where they would just add another letter to the end of the title to like mm -hmm. denote that it was a whole nother set of, you know, and just churn them out. So it was such much like those shows that it was inspired by. It was such a repeatable um uh, concept, you know. I mean, it wasn't until Legends, which we're about to get mm. to, that they really jumped from what Mega Man, basic Mega Man mechanics, were all about. I mean, even Mega Man X, you have that opening menu with all of the different bosses, and then you go to you know Wily's castle. Like it's yeah. always the same. Um, this is the uh, these are the awkward 3D years. So Mega Man Bubsy Legends made it to 3D. Oh my God! Mario made it to 3D, and everyone was wondering. 
When's Mega Man? Gonna When's make Mega Man going to be 3D? I mean, they had to upgrade uh, upgrade it for the PlayStation in 1997. Uh, they they wanted cutscenes and everything. And this is Inafune, by the way, still the guy, mm-hmm. still the guy um, for the Mega Man series. So Mega Man in parentheses Rock uh, Volnut is a relic hunter called a digger who scavenges various ruins laden throughout the world in search of refractor shards that can be mined and traded as currency. It's kind of bananas. Like, it's it takes place thousands of years after the ZX series, which you were just talking about. And by this time, the planet Earth is mostly ocean, leaving some islands left for civilization to prosper on. My favorite part is in the very beginning when Mega Man pisses into a contraption and water comes out. And then he You're drinks. thinking of uh, Kevin Costner. I think I'm thinking of You're the post, thinking of Kevin Costner. The post work, the postal worker. Water world. Oh yeah, I saw that in the theater with a friend who was screaming way too loud and he embarrassed me the whole time. Being in the theater for Waterworld was enough embarrassment. <laughs> um so yeah, it's like Mega Man's an archaeologist. With the role, uh, this is where the trope <laughs> of uh, the role being like Mega Man, Mega Man uh, comes from. Uh, they used tank controls. Where uh, you know it's they uh, the game was not built for DualShock analog, so it was still like pressing buttons to you know four way directional yeah. buttons to navigate a three D space. Incredibly Yikes. awkward. Um, I, now I will say this: I did even more minimal than I've already done research wise on Legends until I had somebody mm-hmm. a fan. I wish I could remember the, who the, it was. The Legends love is real, dude. They were like Legends Two is my is probably my favorite game of all time i was like whoa like he had such love for it he was like it is the game i will continue to replay like loves it to the point where i want to go check it out now like there is a big fucking love for these games and they people still hold uh, are holding a torch out for legends 3 they, they just it, yeah so that's been mired and they, they were gonna make a legend it was gonna be on the 3ds all this stuff because there's Mega Man legends Mega Man legends 2 and then a spin-off called the misadventures of tron bond Tron yeah, that's Bonnie. kind of uh, that. I think Tron Bond. Tron Bond. But people love that. That character is actually a good addition to the series. A pirate uh, antagonist, bots. right? Yeah. Pirate antagonist uh, family that are in the Legends games. But yeah, uh, that got canceled. Um, but that was in production for a while. I mean, it, n- none of it sold particularly well, right? It didn't move the needle that far. There was an N sixty four version that like was really botched. Um, the the character designs are really strong. The fact that they. Before, like, cell shading was a thing, they knew to use, like, like kind of flatter, more bright-colored uh, textures hmm. to kind of give everything a Saturday morning cartoon look. Or, like, the upgrade system is intense. Yeah, that Like, too. just the different shops you have to go to and... and um, In the mall, there's that little can you can kick, and that has some pretty good physics. <laughs> um, the voice so you, acting so in the English... Uh, I've just absorbed enough because like I'd always again as an N64 kid I was always like covetous of what my PlayStation neighbors had and a 3D Mega Man game was something I had wanted the most and the fact that it was a kind of a disappointment always like it it sticks out it's like it's it's despite the fact that it, it, it didn't move the needle sales wise it like it is it is it left an impression also the fact that uh the main character's name uh, is Mega Man Volnut. Yeah. Which is weird. That's a weird... It's weird. It's weird. It's weird, but, you know... I'm Volnut. I'm, I'm glad that, like, even the weird... Like, what looked to me to be the bad 3D version of them trying to evolve with the times and not being able to do it actually has a big fan base. That's like the weird... Like, Mega Man's like this weird underdog franchise that just seems to continue to have that really tight-knit group of people that, like, this is the love tension the I t- thing. This is the tension, though, is, like... 
barely anyone bought Mega Man Legends, but you put him on it. You put Mega Man on a T-shirt, and like twenty million people would be like, "Fuck yeah, Loot Crate, got yeah. it, yay!" Nerd, see at Comic Con, bro, <laughs> is me, cool guy. All right, cool guy. I want to. I want to talk to Jake. I love again. skateboards. Okay, check out my Ninja Turtle shirt. I'm, uh, I think I'm more of a Michelangelo. <laughs> Have you, have you got, have you, I love energy drinks. He's got wheels on his, he's got wheels in his shoes. I don't believe that Joss Whedon molested anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next comes before we kind of move into the whole mighty number no. nine sadness shenanigans. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network is apparently a pretty cool franchise. Uh, there's Battle Network and then he goes to space. I, I just did not have time to get into this over the, over the past week. But I was like, I, well, this was actually a game I was thinking about picking up, um, for the 3DS cause I was trying to find the good 3DS game or DS games rather. Mm-hmm. And this was mentioned as a real, it's a grid based six by three grid hybrid action RPG card battle system game. It's like totally an, uh, like it looks kind of like Fire Emblem to me, but I, I haven't really played played it um that much but uh uh yeah he he like there was a slight redesign of Mega Man um that he that Inafune did based on his son um it is uh the cleverest thing they did is they kind of shifted from uh robots being the sci-fi like wonderland of the far future and instead it's all network based it's all software based yeah yeah and that's like a very clever twist on like how our society has kind of looked at technology right also uh Weird like lines of dialogue if you take them out of context. It's like it's a weird meme. If you look up like Mega Man Battle Network out of context, there's just these bizarre lines that are just like, don't worry, I beat off all those dudes. <laughs> all right. I mean, Travis, please Google it and confirm. <laughs> you Why? Me, you want me to Google uh, I beat off all no, those dudes? Uh, out of context Mega Man Battle Network. Um all right, so on October 29th, 2010, Inafune announces on his blog that he would be leaving Capcom with the intention of starting his life over, in quotes. He had been with the company for 23 years. He goes off, he launches a new company called Comcept, uh, a design and production studio, and um, they have some projects that don't really go anywhere. Uh, some different cancellations, a couple games that came out that just had really poor sales, and then... Um, on Kickstarter, Inafune launches uh, a spiritual successor to the Mega Man series titled Mighty Number no. 9. Now, if you're familiar with this, it's been an ongoing thing. I think it was one of the first kick, big, well-publicized Kickstarter disasters where they raised a ton of money. They were kind of, they got a little, it seemed like they got a little greedy with the money um, in a certain way. Like uh, the, the going is that like Inafune is a good, like ideas guy, a very enthusiastic, creative person. He just, <laughs> it's nothing, I can't find anything dirty, but Wait, it's like, uh... uh, click, click other things. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh, well, uh, the point, ah, never mind. So Jake, maybe, okay. I think that maybe Jake has, has, his. Your soul is starting to leak out. His perverted mind is starting to create things that aren't there. Jake, I've heard of this before. I've heard of this before. Look, I can type in Rule Thirty Four. I'm just <laughs> saying. No, I'm saying I like I mean, three years ago. I made a dorkly gallery of all the fucked up Mega Man Battle Net. Oh like, shit! Well, we should link to that. We'll, but, uh, we'll have to link to that on the Facebook add the word page. dorkly to do it. <laughs> all right. Um. Uh, so Mighty Number no. Nine, it's delayed multiple times. It comes out in 2016, and it is 
to say a word not great. It just wasn't that great. It um, wasn't that great. It uh, it was f- more like it was less that it was like a broken game and more that it was just kind of like boring. It just yeah. wasn't, you know, it just it just lacked any kind of um you know, exciting excitement that, you know, and, and we mentioned Shovel Knight earlier. If you want a modern day yeah. Mega Man game, get Shovel Knight. It is like the game that my number nine should have been. Yep. It's like, it's just a fucking wonderful uh, new release of the old classic Mega Man style. There's all these DLCs for it. And just like, I can't stress enough. Shovel Knight is amazing. It's on everything and it's so much fun to play. And it was similarly uh, put on Kickstarter and it came out, on time or not, you know, a little bit delayed, but you know, it came out, they still update it with new content and it's kind of, kind of a beacon of how to do this thing. Right. While mighty number nine was continuously delayed. Continuous. They kept making uh, changes to the art style where like they sold it as this like brilliant, like 2d thing. The concept art makes it look like a fantastic game. And the thing they ended up with was like kind of this uncompelling kind of like 3d characters. Yeah. Um, a lot of like bad voice acting. Yeah, weirdly terrible voice acting. A lot of and a lot of the problems too. And I think another thing about it was they. I think they kept like asking for more money, which was another yeah. kind of just. I feel like it's bad to do that in a Kickstarter. Well, they started another Kickstarter to do their spiritual success uh, successor That's, to Mega Man Legends yeah. called Red Ash, which yes. is re dash because in Japan it was Mega Man a Rock Man Dash. Yeah, um, which is crazy to do that when everyone's like, where's your other game? Why would you even do that? You know. And then and on top of that, they're like, also, we're starting a Kickstarter for the anime of, Re- of yes, Red Dash. Yes, that's right. And so it's, it's like, guys. Yeah. We, and it just sounds like they spread themselves out too thin. They spread themselves out too thin on Mighty Number no. 9. They had it ported to like every conceivable console. Um, and that was one of the major reasons. Which the ports are still like trickling out. It's like, one of the major reasons why uh, that they say that the game was such a disaster um, or that the product was so subpar. And Afune is quoted to say, you know, I want to word this in a way to explain some of the issues that come with trying to make a game of this size on multiple platforms. I'm kind of loath to say this because it's going to sound like an excuse and I don't want to make any excuses. I own all the problems that came with this game and if you want to roll insult to me, it's totally my fault. I'm the key creator. I will own that responsibility. Very sad stuff, and I hope that it's not the final chapter in Inafune's uh, work. They, uh, uh, well, he ca- also worked on, uh, I forget, it's, it has like one of those unwieldy Japanese, Azure Striker Gunvolt or something uh-huh. like that, which is another very Mega Man uh, X-like experience. And the fact is, is that I don't think it's up to him to make more Mega Man games. I no. think it's up to like uh, Yacht Club games. Yeah, who who made Shovel Knight? It's yeah. up to the people that were grew so up. inspired by yeah. these games to 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 bring something new to the table or to bring their awesome spin on it. Yeah, and uh, so Concept was purchased this year, 2017, uh, by Level Five. So um, they're still like in existence. Hopefully, Inafune will. Um, be able to work on something that he's more proud of in the future. I feel bad for the guy, honestly. That this is like where we're at at this point in this uh, episode's recording. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's probably stinky rich, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jake. I think that's... Rich as a Japanese, we say. <laughs> rich as a Japanese. I've never heard this phrase before. <laughs> Shmadoigle. Sh- what is the stupid word? Goggle it. Shmipulations. Well, shmuplations, I think that that... I think I'll have a grande coffee today. I feel rich <laughs> as a Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> shmuplations. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. I think that that's going to conclude our episode on Mega Man. Jake, do you have anything else for us on Mega Man? Uh, it was a lot of fun to research this. Yes. I, again, a hundred over 130 games, so yes. we definitely glazed over a lot of stuff. Um, you know, if you want us to do a follow up, like let us know in our Facebook group. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of fun memes and videos and episode discussion, and we'd be happy to have you leave a review on iTunes. It actually helps us out immensely with ranking and getting us seen. Oh, and check out our shirt on the store, on the merch store. Last podcast network, go to merch, and we've got those Wizard and the Bruiser shirts. Um, selling like hotcakes, these things. You can't get enough of them, so please check it out. Or go straight to lastpodcastmerch.com. Yep, if, if, uh, and hit up Sin Travis a personal email if you want the nipples cut out of them uh, <laughs> upon delivery. Uh, he will Send handle me that. an email if you want two green dumb crystal orbs like zero. <laughs> if you want my new Wizard the Bruiser shirt, just shooting ropes, uh, <laughs> you can get that from me. I'll just hand draw that on a white T-shirt with a Sharpie marker. So hit me up for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I think that's it. Uh, follow me at Best Jake Young on Twitter if you want. Twitch, Hold Nader's Ho. Um, we're doing shit. I mean, it's, it's going to come out before uh, this recording comes out, but we're doing cool stuff like the Brighter Side Live with Ed Larson, uh, a wonderful last podcast network show, and we do live versions of it on Twitch. Stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? What? Goggle it. Goggle it. Shooting ropes. <laughs> Goggle shooting ropes. Schmipulation. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.